So one thing I will say to people that may be feeling depressed by these rates is my first home that I bought, my mortgage rate was 7.75%. Oh, wow. By two years later, I think my mortgage rate on that house was 5%. Mm. Because I had refinanced as rates dropped. Um, right. So just because rates are high does not mean, well, now this is just my lot in life and I happen to need to buy a house now. So I'm going to pay 8% for 30 years. No, I don't think that's the case. And this is Abraham's wallet. Join us weekly and create a culture in your family of multi-generational prosperity, spiritually, relationally, physically, intellectually, and financially. Run your home, your dough, like a biblical boss. Steve, welcome back. You've been on the road. It's good to see you. Thank you so much. I've survived many hours on the road. I made it. Well, I'm I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad that you brought with you back from your vacation a little uh, <laughs> a little cough, so that we can both entertain the people with our attempts not to cough today. Well, I wanted to commiserate with you. I don't want you to be lonely, so yeah. I I got a little bit of a cough. Let me make a comment here, Clark Kent's editor at the Daily Planet, Perry White. The side of his head was completely white and the top of his head was completely dark. And I thought that was so far-fetched and weird. Why'd they color him like that? And then I look at myself on YouTube and realize that's exactly how I look. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, okay, no comment necessary. You can move on. There's stuff upcoming on the podcast that I'm really excited about. I know that our circle group hasn't been super active lately, but I just posted something up there yesterday, and this will come out with time for you to still jump over there. Uh, Our circle group is kind of one of the forums we use to talk to people who support this podcast. You can get in on that if you go over to abrahamswallet.com slash donate. You can support this podcast and you get to talk to us. But one of the things that I'm asking is that people would hit us up with their tax questions. Mm. Because we have we have discussed tax a few times in the last few episodes, but we have probably one of the smartest guys I know on tax that's going to do at least a few episodes with me in the upcoming Rad. weeks. And I would love to know what you guys want to know. If you're like, I'm not supporting these guys, but I will give them my thoughts. You can email us, mark at abrahamswallet.com with your your ideas. But (laughs) I'd love to know what you guys want to learn because we'll get as technical as you want on those. But today we're not here to get technical. We're here to- I mostly want to know when I I donate an old used CD to Goodwill, what's the maximum that I can- write off for my goodwill donation. Oh, good. It depends. I think it depends on the disc. So if it was available via the BMG Music Club, it's yes. going to be less, uh, <laughs> less valuable. <laughs> I, I had to explain to my children what that was, where we got yeah, right. catalogs in the mail. You yeah, right. Like 10 CDs for a dollar. Anyway. Sure. Um, all my CDs as a kid came from mail. Sure, 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 sure. Today, we're not going to get technical, though. We're not going to go deep on one specific topic. What I wanted to do, because we haven't bantered much lately, I wanted to kind of banter our way through a retrospective of several topics that we've covered in the last uh, five or six weeks and things that are evolving. So we talked about 
financial prophecies of doom and what all these people are saying is the bad stuff that's going to happen. And of course. Some bad things have happened in the past yes. couple weeks in the market. And so I want to say, were they all right? Were the, were the doomsday prophets right? Or how do we make sense of what's happening in the market right now? Yes. Um, I would love to just get a quick update on dad as a protector, find out if anything stirred in your heart to to make changes. I know I made a couple changes since then. Um, and you just got back from a trip to DC. There's a war happening in Israel. We, we released a special episode of just prayer for Israel, um, but we haven't really talked much about that. So I'd love to touch on that here, what's happening domestically and abroad and how should we how should we think about that? So that's great. Um, and lastly, I want to like know. A, this feels like a timely, practical fireside episode coming up. People are going to love it. The question I'm going to ask you at the end is: Did Ian convince you to buy a minivan? So just just be thinking about that. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll muse. I think that I'd like to hear your comments on the present market and what's happening. It's an interesting moment in the market. You know, if you've listened to what I've been saying, it's been kind of, there's a lot going on, but there's one thing that's driving stock market, bond market, even crypto, um, and that has been interest rates. And did you know, yeah. Stephen, did, you used to be in the mortgage biz. Uh, yeah. We just hit a, a 20 plus year high on the 30 year mortgage rate. Uh, we're crazy. over 8% now. I'm astounded by that rate. Yeah. My first home that I bought, my mortgage rate was 7.75%. Oh, wow. The one thing I will say to people that may be feeling depressed by these rates is by two years later, I think my mortgage rate on that house was 5% mm. because I had refinanced as rates dropped. Um, right. So just because rates are high, does not mean, well, now this is just my lot in life and I happen to need to buy a house now, so I'm going to pay 8% for 30 years. No, I don't think that's the case. Um, okay. But what's causing these high rates? And it's not just mortgage rates that are at a high. The Yesterday, for the first time in a very, very long time, the Treasury 10-year rate which I think we've talked about on the podcast, but as way of review, sure, that's the rate that a lot of times investors look at that as, this is what I should get paid for taking no risk. You can give the government money and they'll give you this amount back. Yeah, believe it or not, this might come as a shock to you, Steve, but the government is actually required to borrow money to pay their bills because they spend money that they don't bring in. Okay, I, this might be a shocker. Uh, but yeah. And this largest uh, organization in the world. They're a borrower. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. They need to borrow from us and right. from other countries and all over the place. And the the treasury rates rise and fall every day because they aren't just they aren't just like, well, we, we're going to run out of money later this month, so we better write a bond. They're writing bonds constantly. Yeah. So that rate at all hours of the day is going up and down. And yesterday, the 10-year treasury hit 5% for a few minutes. It was just briefly up there. Um, and that was kind of a, a benchmark that people were going, wow, that would be that would be really high if it hit 5%. That's a flag. Uh, uh, it, it has backed off of that today. So I, I think 
you know, I don't believe at all in these people who chart things out and say, oh, this is a, this is a pressure point and you can see the, the shape of this curve and it's going to hit this rate and bounce off. But um, I do think there is some sort of psychological potential ceiling there where people will go, mm, that's probably about as high as it's going to get. Uh, we'll see if that's true or not. Inflation has, has been, last year it was at a high watermark around 9%. Um, Right now, it's in the threes, uh, meaning it's still going up. Prices are still going up every month. Yeah. They're going up a lot less quickly than they were last year. So in the, the long-term target is 2% for inflation. But the Fed has been somewhat successful in raising rates. And that has trickled through to the treasury rates. That's trickled through then to the mortgage rates. All interest rates, the cost of borrowing, whether you're the government or whether you're some like terrible credit score person going to buy a used car, everybody's going to pay a whole lot more right now for loans than they would have paid, say, three years ago. So that's what has caused kind of markets to stumble in the past couple months. We have we were actually doing great. We were almost at a 15% return for the year in the middle of the summer. We're down to, say, about a 5% return for the year now. The flip side of that is, historically... When we've hit these high watermarks on the 10-year treasury and when the Fed has gotten done raising rates, after that has come periods of growth in the market. Um, And and you can kind of imagine why. Because at some point, the world is going to go, okay, they're done raising rates and they might start lowering them pretty soon. And we go, wow, maybe you could borrow at 5% in the future. Maybe you could borrow at 4% someday. Um, and before even those things end up happening, the the stock prices are going to change in response to expectations of that. So um, historically, rates uh, or markets have gone up for the three to five years following a a treasury rate that's hit a multi like a fifteen year or more high. Um, that doesn't mean there's not some pain in the immediate uh, in immediate period. So. Last time 10-year treasuries were this high, what year do you think it was? Just a guess. 08. It was 2007. Well, the five years following that were actually really good for the market, but the six months following it stunk. Painful. Um, so um, there's <laughs> there's definitely potential for bumpy seas uh, in the future. And I would just say um, you don't put money in the stock market if you're going to need it in two years or three years, generally, you put yeah. money in the stock market where you're going to grow it for the long term. When you have these painful six, nine months, you don't panic and rip your money out of the market um, because you will, you'll leave some limbs behind when you do that. And you're going to miss this updraft of the market that historically happens, as you say. Yeah, you, you had personal experience with that in 08. I did. Um, yeah, don't, don't go to cash unless you're working with, uh, somebody that's, that's really, there's a clear plan for why don't just out of fear, go to cash. Right. Friends. Um, that's a li- that's life advice. It's not financial advice. We talked about this in the financial doom episode. Uh, I would say most of the fears I've heard regarding China taking down the dollar are really overblown. Um, because there's not another country other than United States with large liquid financial markets, a reputation for the rule of law, 
and a willingness to run current account deficits, which make the dollar basically the only global currency that is even a possible reserve currency for the world. The treasury issued more debt during the third quarter of 2023 than any other quarter in U.S. history, except except during the COVID stimulus check days. I don't know if you knew this, but they had to borrow money to send money to every every American. So Um, stupid. How are these people so stupid? The world still really likes holding U.S. debt. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but there's wars happening and there's countries being invaded by other countries. And there's just not a whole lot of gigantic currencies that the world goes, that's a pretty safe place to uh, to hold debt uh, from. So I, I don't think that we're going to see the demand for U.S. treasuries just go away. I guess the number one question I'm hearing is my long-term financial plan calls for me to get a 6.5% return on my money. And I could lock in a 5% return for the next 10 years. That's pretty close. Why shouldn't I, uh, why shouldn't I just do that? And so I think it's a good question, but if you're sitting there in your your cash account where you're getting paid 5% right now, um, what we just historically have seen over and over is that it's virtually impossible to time it just right as to when you should get back in the market. And we don't know exactly when rates are going to fall and stock prices are going to go up and bond prices are going to rise, but we do know that it's going to happen. There's going to be up and down. Um, and that means if you're sitting on the sidelines, just waiting for the right time to get back in the market, you're almost certainly going to miss the price appreciation that happens when rates start to fall. If it's long-term money, we if we look all the way back to the Great Depression, the stock market has performed very well and beaten any form of cash uh, or bonds or or gold, uh, anything that people are interested in buying right now. Um, if it's short-term money, then hallelujah, get your 5% cash savings and save up for your car purchase or your home reno or whatever you're doing right, right. in the short term. But um, for your long-term investments, we still think that, that markets are going to perform as expected with lots of up and down, but long-term positive results. Oh, what a relief to have you lay it out so plainly for me. I won't worry about uh, grocery costs. <laughs> no, I still uh-huh. will, but I have hope for the long term. That's that's I think that's what we want to pre- preserve for people is that we know that there can be short-term pain. For instance, if you wanted to buy a house, you're like, well, now this now the mortgage rates kind of squeeze it out of uh, the realm of possibility for me. I'm going to have to rent a while. Okay. I'm sorry for that. There is short-term pain. But what you're saying is that there's always long-term hope because there are cycles, these these patterns that we can see the market going through. So if you're wringing your hands over the value of your 401k and you're in your late 50s, you know, it's not going to, we're not going to have uh, a bad market for the next 10 years. Historically unprecedented, for sure. Unprecedented. That's unprecedented. Speaking of the president, um, you you <laughs> recently came back from Washington, D.C., yes. and I just wanted to briefly get a, some, some thoughts, maybe you'd call it banter, I don't know, around okay. what's going on in the world of <laughs> politics and war and Israel, and even I'm seeing where I live, believe it or not, Salt Lake City, Utah, they're having 
people walk in the streets supporting terrorist organizations. Like that's happening here. So yeah. did you see anything in DC that, that gave you insight into what's going on before we just talk about the news? Sure. Our wonderful Senator, um, I wrote to, and he got us a personal tour of the white house. If you can get that, do that, get write your Senator before you go to DC and then get you personal tours of the, um, Capitol and see where Congress meets and maybe see the office of your congressman as well as uh, the White House. So anyways, just throw that out. That's, that was free. And we're scheduled to go to the White House. And that day, the leader of Hamas, um, who maybe has been neutralized since this went out, maybe in the last week, there was reports that he was. Anyhow, he called for Muslims around the world to bomb the major cities of the world. And I think he called out DC in, in specific. Now that's possible. Uh, it's happened before. I remember when it happened. However, there was a bunch of stir with, you know, the influencers, et cetera, saying, well, there's, you know, everybody stay away, be safe, blah, 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 and get away from city centers, like go out into the woods. We sort of put our heads together and thought, we don't feel any concern at all about being in, we were physically in the White House on the day that that threat was, threat came through, and we learned that the president was upstairs while we were in the White House, and he was meeting with uh, American families of people that had lost loved ones in Israel. To me, I thought of our Prophecies of Doom episode and just going like, it's not going to keep us from living our lives and uh, yay, verily uh, touring the White House. The, the other thought that w- was very interesting was that uh, two days ago, uh, we were in the Supreme Court, which was so cool. I have an ambition to return sometime when they're in session and hear arguments. They were not in session, which the, Wait, the good thing you, was we got to go into their chamber and hang out there. And Can anybody with, just go in when they're in session? The answer to that is if you wait in line, yes, the public can go in. Now, going into the Supreme Court, there were about three security checks going in. So it's uh, it's thorough. But the docent told us that there are some, she's like, if you want to come on a random rainy day in February, when they're talking about some tax thing, you can get right in. And she said, and then there are some things that have popular interest. And she said, people will sleep in sleeping bags for days to make sure that they get in. So it depends. When we came out of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court is directly across the street from the Capitol building in D.C. All of these streets are blocked off when we came out. And I just asked a policeman what's going on. And they said, oh, that's these Palestinian protesters are coming through town. And we saw those people. We we not only saw them in mass, but we saw them in ones and twos, dribs and drabs as they made their way to the mass. And let's just say when they're in ones and twos walking along the sidewalk, they're not quite as um, vociferous. They're not quite as bold. They're kind of holding their um, blood gurgling signs, you know, kind of meekly at their sign. Oh, I'll pull this out later. And it's it was just striking how one, the media covered that, that uh, protest uh, that exhibition 
um, and how sort of, I don't know, serenely or respectfully it was covered as opposed to what you and I would say, which is these are pro-terrorist groups. That's what's basically being said here. And if I didn't say this clearly enough in the Israel uh, episode, I, I let it go on record to say um, our hearts are with with Arabs who are inside of Israel as well. If you're a Muslim and you call yourself Palestinian and you're inside Israel, your, your life certainly matters. Our hearts go out to you. But what we understand from the global politics thing is that people who are kind of called Palestinians, they're held hostage by the Islamic powers. So just yesterday, I believe, Egypt made this declaration, we will not be taking one refugee into our country. So don't bet on it. It's not happening. So while America is taking countless amounts of these people into our country, they are saying they're not, they're not trusted. We won't have them in our country. And this is a Muslim, this is a Muslim led uh, regime. And you kind of go, well, what do you, those poor Palestinian people, they're trapped between a rock and a hard place. They definitely are. Um, so my heart goes out to their situation. The Americans, as you're kind of touching on, the Americans who are voicing their support for Hamas and terrorist groups, I don't have, I'm just stunned. I'm just stunned by it. I recommended uh, Daniel Lappin to people um, on the Israel uh, little special episode that I did. And uh, Daniel Lappin says, Really, there's only one. We talk about various civilizations around the world. Really, there's only one civilization, the civilization that's based on the Bible. That, that's, that's Western civilization. That's really the only one that there is. Everything else is a form of barbarism. So what you've got is civilization versus barbarism in this, in this scenario. And it certainly reads that way to me. Yeah, it's been frustrating to see people who have no idea what they're talking about just yes. raise this flag as literally this flag as the indicator that I am a I am a good liberal and I am towing party line yeah um, you know even the my wife came home from work and was saying man I it, I understand the necessity of defending the country but it stinks that Israel had to, to bomb that hospital. Right. And I don't know. Eight hours later, we find out that Israel didn't bomb that hospital. That so, did not happen. Uh, right. And I would just tell anybody that's listening that you can't really be too sure of anything you see from any side right now. We are not at all telling you that everything the, the nation of Israel puts out is true because it might not be. And right. I mean, there's there's the AI technology. I know, Steve, you've talked about a whole series on AI because yeah. it has made it where we don't even know if we see a video of an actual thing happening. We don't know if that's real. It may have right. not ever happened. So, I would just say, man, it's hard to it's hard to navigate this. But um, I know I know one thing we can do that's pretty effective, and that would be to pray uh, for the peace of Jerusalem. Yes. <laughs> we can read the Psalms and pray those. Uh, they are very, very helpful at this time. If you don't know what to pray, I've just been popping open the Psalms and going through them. And they almost all have 
direct application uh, to a lot of the things happening in the world right now. Yep. So, okay, Israel. Would an extended war in Israel have anything to do with financial markets? We are not hoping for extended war. We are not hoping for global war. And when extended and sometimes global wars happen, they have been more likely to be positive for markets, especially if they're regional and, let's say, American companies make money off of them, but don't actually have existential threats to themselves. Right. Um, so there is there is the possibility that war is is a good thing for the stock market. There's also the possibility that hey, uh, you know, the Arab world shuts off oil to the United States and. Maybe not so wisely. We gave away all of our strategic oil reserves, so that could have Oops. a big impact on the economy and send things the other way. So um, simply the fact that war exists, could expand, is coming, etc., does not necessarily mean anything for the market. Uh, it's just a big, yeah, there's a lot of factors, and it adds volatility it it widens the bell curve of potential things that could happen, but those can be either bad things in terms of financial returns, or they can generate bigger financial returns. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, again, I'm not hoping for uh, a war. I don't care if it triples the stock market this year. I don't want to see life lost uh, yeah. in war. Um, but it's not true that just because there's war, I mean, Again, we go back to our doomsday episode. There's going to be people on CNBC going, if war in the Middle East happens, you're going to lose all your money. So here's an affiliate link to join my financial thing that will stop you from losing all your money. Don't fall for it, people. Um, We don't know what's going to happen. Yep. Okay. Okay. Now we can turn the page. Okay. Um, I was going to save this to the end, but it's quick. So just interested. What did you think about that minivan episode? I was uh, inspired. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I asked uh, my wife after she listened to it and she's like, I listened to that minivan episode today. And I was like, oh, because she's been she's been wanting to. Oh, she wanted the bigger vehicle. She need she wants a car that will haul all, not all, but some of the cousins and <laughs> yeah. have room for backpacks and all that. And the yeah. on paper, the answer is clearly minivan. And she, let me tell you, Steve, she did not come away from that episode saying, I've been convinced. It's, oh, it didn't soften her heart. She said, he, he's exactly right. Those things, they suck to drive. They're terrible. Uh, I've driven a minivan in, around and it's terrible. I'm not interested at all. Everything he said about them was true. They're terrible. And I was like, well, I don't think that's what he said at all. But uh, I understand that you are not interested in a minivan now. She didn't want to test drive the Pacifica Hybrid. No. Um, oh. I will say, I love Ian, and I'm going to be with him in person on the island of Maui in just a few days. Okay. Um, but I got to say, there's a different perspective when you own car dealerships and are going to be swapping cars out every two, three years than if you are, say, in my position where you buy a car and you're probably going to put 180,000 miles on it. Um, okay. Yeah, don't don't talk to me about anything that's not a Toyota or maybe maybe sometimes like a Ford GMC truck, something like that. 
You want something built for the long, long, long haul. I want the option to drive it forever. Even if okay. I don't even if I don't pick that option up, I want it to be there. All right. You noted uh earlier that the Fathers as Protectors episode has been on YouTube our most popular episode ever. Um Yes. And also a decent performer in our biggest channel, which is our, our audio channel. A lot of okay. people have been listening. Um, yes. I'm curious. And if- I'll just, I'll, I'll throw in uh, that from that, I've received many uh, text messages as well as people at AWHQ who have just said, I felt very uh, challenged and convicted and we're, I'm having talks with the wife and there's going to be some changes made. And I, I'm very interested to hear what are those changes? I don't really know what people feel provoked by exactly i'm i mean we're not yet where we're hearing the details what what, what's the what's the deal so i'm sort of bemused by that i want to hear what people are actually doing about it but i'm i'm glad i'm glad people uh, felt that we hit a nerve yeah i i made a change following that episode do tell well steve you threw out the idea that sometimes the father might need to carry a weapon um and you even suggested that maybe the rod and the staff would be an appropriate yeah. weapon. I think sure. that I, I did want to just revisit that because I believe the rod and the staff is a comforting kind of like bring me back into the fold if I wander away. So uh-huh. were you thinking if I heard a bump in the night, I would go downstairs and gently bring someone back into like communion with, with Christ or that I would knock them on the head with it? I have heard a few sermons on the rod and the staff, and uh, it's a very popular metaphor to explore in a sermon. I have always heard that at least one of them was specifically for attacking uh, praying animals, so to 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 fight off a wolf or coyote. And I've also heard that the staff. So my favorite. I don't think know that I've mentioned this, but my favorite book on this subject is called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And I want to make sure that I get the name right, but it was written by an African shepherd and he simply walked through Psalm 23 and he simply said, this is what it's like for a shepherd to read this psalm. And I understand these this depth of what each of these verses mean. I'm going to explain it to you. It's by Philip Keller. It's a very short little book. It's a great read. I Philip strongly recommend Keller it. is the name of an African shepherd? I'll have you know that Philip Keller grew up in Africa as the son of missionary parents. So awesome. there you have it. He is African and he does speak English. So anyhow, in there, it says that this, this staff, it, you know, it could be put on the side of a... Of a sheep to gently go, we need to get back on this trail. But there there might be some smacking that happens from from even the staff. Mm. So I think we always think of the, somehow that crook going over the neck and gently come this way, little one. But I think there is some whacking that A happens whap as on well. the behind. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, fair. So I did not I did not take to the rod and the staff as my defense mechanism. Um, what I did do, and this maybe even dovetails nicely with with our car episode, but okay. is I have outfitted my <laughs> Toyota Tundra 
with a center console safe because I wanted to be able to have access to a weapon without, again, I, I talked a lot about training and I, I don't know if we talked a whole lot about safety, but certain types of weapons that, that tend to, to send projectiles at high rates of speed, yeah. um, they, they need to be very, very thoughtfully protected if you're going to have children around. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I retrofitted the Tundra with an in-console safe, and I, I really kind of feel now, the car looks exactly the same, but whenever I get in, I kind of feel a little like Mad Max, you know, I'm driving around. So if it's in a safe, tell me about getting access quickly. Yeah, so I have a a quick little lock on there that I can dial in, turn, open, and go. Now, is this is this like going to be effective if I find myself squaring off against Billy the Kid and we're in a quick draw competition? No, I don't think so. Uh, but there's there's but if kind a sketchy of- someone is approaching the vehicle from a block away. You're fine, right? And and again, I think there's trade-offs. There, you you can put a holster right next to your knee and have quick access, but you know, statistically, um, you're putting your family at, at a greater risk there because you are leaving a weapon out in the open that somebody could get a hold of. It could be the target for a thief to want to break into your car. So everything is a is a trade off, and this is where we did not prescribe certain weapon types in that episode because some people are going to go, I don't have the training. I don't want that in my home. So I'm going to go with the baseball bat option. Um, mm. Fair. We're not telling you that you have to do X, Y, or Z. Mm. And there's, there's trade-offs for everything. Um, I yeah. just, in, in my estimation, this kind of all came to mind because I borrowed a friend's car and I was like, I wonder if, the, if my buddy has any any like chewing gum here in the console. And I opened it up and I was like, holy smokes, there was a full on arsenal in there. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought, well, th- there are some nice things about having access to kind of weapons when you're not in the home. But I don't really want to just have it open in the in the center console like that. So I thought, is there a solution? Okay. And I found that solution uh, that worked for for kind of me. Fun. And so if you had found uh, chewing gum, you'd have just taken it, just taking your friend's chewing gum right right out of the console, just take it. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think he would have minded. Mm, okay. <laughs> Do we need to have a separate episode on uh, what if I left? Property on what personal personal property? What what level of personal property do you have to ask people before you take it? I mean, no. Steve, you've all used right. my car more than once. There's mints always in the center console. They're not in the locked portion, and you're welcome to them anytime you oh, need one. That's nice. That's nice to hear. Okay, so just just out of curiosity, was this a was this a you did you put the safe in? Uh-huh. It was self-install. I had to like unscrew some bolts that held the console to the car and bolt the safe in. And then I had to, I actually bought a separate thing to, to secure stuff inside of it so that things weren't slopping around. Um, so like kind of a foam block. An insert. And, you know, it's kind of nice if you're going to dinner downtown 
and maybe you don't even want to have have a weapon in there. Uh, you're going to bring it with you, but you want to stick a a cell phone or a person there. Now you've got a secure spot, way more secure than the glove box um, to stick anything that might be sensitive when you're out and about. Your wife's jewels. Put yeah, them in she, there. If she doesn't, I mean, she usually be jewels herself if we're going to sure. go on a date, but I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe she brought her. two pairs of two carat diamond earrings and she's like, I like these better. Let's leave these in the car. It's in possible. The safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. I wanted to issue just a an alert that a lot of people that are listening to this are coming up. We did an episode on health and healthcare not too long yes. ago. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people are coming up on open enrollment, which is if you work for a company, this might be the time of year when they send you a packet and it's got all your benefits listed. This is your healthcare plan options for the next year. This is your life insurance choices. This is did you know that pet insurance is like increasingly a popular benefit that companies no. are offering? No, I didn't. It Don't want to know me, about that. Makes me ill to know it, but it yep. is. Um, anyways, so I just wanted to remind everybody to not gloss over that and assume that well, everything I chose last year is probably fine. Um, especially because health insurance tends to be a big ticket item for a lot of families. It's worth the time to pull that that health insurance thing, go back and look at how much you spent on healthcare. And if you're able to do a little comparison, what would it have cost me if I had chosen a different plan versus the plan I chose? And is there a better option for me in the next year? Um, You can go back and search an old episode we did called HSA hacking. If you have thought about maybe I should choose a plan that's eligible for a health savings account. Um, for a lot, a lot, a lot of families, that's going to be the ticket uh, these days. But um, you, you definitely should go check that out if you're considering an HSA. Uh, and I would just encourage you to do some analysis before you just assume that whatever worked last year works this year. Uh, and you be, you might be shocked that you can save some money and or get healthcare coverage that's more appropriate for you. Okay, that's great. Um, if this is the last episode that you get to talk freely with the clock running, is there anything else that you think people need to kind of have this in order before the end of the year would be a smart thing to have have in place? I would put a vision summit or a goal summit on your calendar. Um, a lot of people get to or whatever, I'm sure we'll do some sort of goals summit review uh, episode in December. And by then... Yeah. Everybody hears it and goes, this sounds great, but I can't do it until March. Well, okay, that's fine. You can do it in March, but if you can do it now, do it. Uh, We offer a free guide uh, on the website on how to run a goals summit. So honestly, to me, taking the time to do that could be the catalyst for giving you the rest of your to-do list. You go, holy cow, we spent so much money on taxes uh, when we did our financial review, we spent three times as much on taxes this year. Is there anything we could do to save money on taxes? Well, that's a great takeaway. Um, there's not a there's not a one answer though. Here's what yeah. you need to do to save money on taxes. It's uh, you know, 
you, one thing you might do is email mark at abrahamswalt.com and let me know what questions you have about taxes. Oh, that'd be good. Um, yeah, the summit's a good is a good thing to throw out there to tell people, look, if it's not on your calendar, please do it. And I also have to think before the end of the year, this sounds so self-serving, but I have friends who have just said, please, would you please give some shout outs before the end of the year, maybe October, November, and just say loudly and clearly, Abraham's wallet will accept your end of year donations. So there are people that think we don't want to give regularly. We don't give monthly. We wait till the end of the year and we see what our giving is going to be like. And then we give, you know, based on a percentage of the, what the income is going to be like for the year. Abraham's wallet will gladly receive your tax deductible donations. So that's right. There it is. Um, what, what, what are you most excited about in terms of the money that, that we receive in support from the audience? What are you most excited about accomplishing with that money here at Abraham's wallet in the, in the not too distant future, Steve? Well, the th- thing that comes to mind, and I see that we're ending off with uh, Abe's wallet talk. The thing that comes to mind is we have so many episodes that have been done on location. They've been done with uh, people looking at their property. We have we have um, recorded, as you say, the AI series, which we think that people need to be aware of the implications of AI going forward, and they need to know from a biblical standpoint how do we approach this whole subject, which is maybe not going to take over your life, but it will infect every part of your life going forward. That's probably a, a given. Um, and we simply don't have the uh, wherewithal to get all of this stuff edited and put together in a professional package to to distribute. So we get these we get these episodes, these weekly things done. We've, we're feeling pretty good about that. I would also say there's all these things in my mind. Oh my goodness! I was thinking about the um, the Washington D.C. trip. So. I'm very pleased at how the Washington DC trip came off. We did it with another family. Um, we, we looped in, we kind of built a very simple curriculum of we're going to read Bible passages to all the kids every morning. It's going to connect with what we're doing that day and what we're going to tour and see. We talked about justice before we went to the Supreme court, right? Et cetera, et cetera. And then we, we know that our kids don't really have access to learning patriotic songs. So we'd sing a hymn and we sang a patriotic song every morning, taught them these things. It was a, just a great little program. And, and I was very pleased with the way that our kind of tour schedule came off. So it wasn't like just head knowledge all day long. We did some very fun things as well. And I thought to myself, man, I wish there was a way to distribute this trip like just to give people a teaser of this trip and then hand people, well, here's our uh, schedule. So you can go do it yourself. You can change it around if you want, but here's what we did and here were the costs involved. And there's a trip. There it is right there. If you want to go to DC and have this meaningful culture building, Christian-y trip with your kids, there you go. And you know, I was thinking, well, that's another channel. There, like there's a family travel channel in us somewhere where we could be gathering info and it's just, there's, there's endless stuff that we can do. We, we, uh, as you know, that we're, we've dreamed about a, a movie review channel that would be uh, family friendly and just t- just review a movie, 
tell you about the themes, the biblical themes in these movies. People always want that kind of stuff, and the the sources that you can trust. They're eh, iffy out there. And so the the point is, there's endless kind of ideas and opportunities, things to do, and then we we can't really staff up to get all that stuff done. So we're working on it, and those things require money. So that's my long answer. I just want to know you you teased us six months ago with a hoodie that I thought was awesome. And I was expecting to have it. It's getting a little nippy here in Salt Lake City. <laughs> yes. I was expecting to have that hoodie in my closet by now. Now, which um, hoodie is that? It was it was kind of a desert tan. Yes. a maroon Abe. Uh, yes. I don't know if it was his face or our logo or what. Um, yes, I remember that hoodie. You tell me the price, Steve. If it's $50, I'll give you $50. If it's uh-huh. $100, I'll question you. But, you know, somewhere in that zone, you, we'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, I want that hoodie. It's on the to-do list. We have priced out and done research on a drop shipping store. And we are, I am submitting, just if anybody cares, I'm submitting the process of what we're doing and how we're rolling out to, to an advisor. I have a, an advisor that walks me through all these things. And I would love to go after all of these things full bore. And we're trying to be patient. We're trying to roll it out in a mature way so that all these things can be successful. So that's all I can say. I mean, I can make a few hoodies and then sell you one, I suppose. Okay. Well, you've you've. It wouldn't be the first time you've made a few uh, a few one offs for me. Yeah, that's uh, true. I've got a phone case to prove it. But uh, <laughs> that's right. cool. Well, thank you for the updates, and yeah, sweet. It's been, it's been good to catch up. I feel like we've been so busy educating that we haven't bantered, and now I feel, I feel topped off on banter. Good, good, good. Hey, if you liked this content, be sure to like it and subscribe and share it with somebody. And remember, no matter how you're doing and leading your family, God's love for you is huge, and His grace is greater.